Acts 28, I'd like to read a few verses and give you the thought of my heart by the help of the Lord and your prayers. Acts 28, last chapter, and for sake of time, I'm just going to read verse number 15. Would you stand, if you will, and enable Acts 28? The Apostle Paul's on his way to Rome, and he stops at uh, several places along the way. And I want to point out just one place in particular. And I do trust you'll pray for us today. This is a, uh, not an easy message. I'd like to preach on heaven, but it's not on my heart today. But I'm uh, about to do what Baptist preachers did, every Baptist preacher in the world for 2,000 years. But they, not many of them do it anymore. So you pray for us and let's hear God's word today. Acts 28, 15, and from thence, when the brethren heard of us, they came to meet us as far as Appi Forum and the three taverns, whom when Paul saw, he thanked God and took courage. Notice, please, the name of this village, the three taverns. You may be seated. I'm going to turn. You don't have to turn unless you want to, but I'm turning to Isaiah chapter 5 just to read a couple verses. Isaiah chapter 5 says at verse 11, Woe unto them that rise up early in the morning, that they may follow strong drink that continue until night, till wine inflame them. And the harp and the vial, the tabret and pipe and wine are in their feast. Verse 14 says, Therefore hell hath enlarged herself and opened her mouth without measure and their glory and their multitude and pomp and he that rejoiceth shall descend into it. So I'd like to speak to you on the subject of earth's worst abomination. Earth's worst abomination. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, speak to us from the word of God. May it be a warning to us today. Lord, we thank you that you love us unconditionally. You've provided salvation. You've given us the word of God to show us what to believe and how to behave. And Lord, we pray that the message today would prevent somebody from starting down this terrible road of drunkenness that leads to the grave and to hell. And Lord, we thank you for forgiveness. We thank you for mercy. Thank you, Lord, you take us where we are. And we just pray for the will of God in every home and every need. Thank you in advance in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Earth's worst abomination is alcohol. I could stand here all day and give you statistics. I'll give you some, but there's no question about it. And if you read the Bible, you, you find the same message. There's not one family in this church but that you have been adversely affected by alcohol. It's universal. You either know somebody 
who was killed by alcohol or they killed somebody or somebody's life or marriage was destroyed by this liquefied damnation called alcohol. I read to you this little text in Acts because the name of this village was the Three Taverns. To me, that's a mighty sad place, a name for any place, the Three Taverns, the Three Beer Joints. I'm sure there were many men who survived hurricanes and storms and things at sea only to come into one of these beer joints and to be destroyed by a tidal wave of drunkenness, debauchery, and dissipation. If you've ever stood at a drunkard's grave, you will agree with everything I say today. There can hardly be anything sadder than somebody whose whole entire life was consumed and destroyed by this evil of alcohol. I think of what preacher, and again, every preacher in the world used to preach what I'm fixing to preach, but not anymore. Most of them have sold out, compromised, and I hate to say that, but it's the truth. I remember what Mark Creech told me, Christian Action League director. He said, there's not one man in Raleigh against alcohol anymore. That's a mighty sad thing, isn't it? Folks, let me just be up front with you. We're never going to drink our way to prosperity. We're not going to sin our way to prosperity. It's impossible. There's nothing good about alcohol. Absolutely nothing. Uh, just a few years ago, within the last five years, uh, the federal government finally admitted that uh, there's nothing good about alcohol. Uh, I'll quote, no health benefits whatsoever. That's not a Baptist preacher saying that. That's the government. Finally admitting zero positive positive effect. So will you stay with me for a few minutes and let me warn the young people not to become drunks? Please, just for a few minutes. Okay? Um, and I love drunks. You go talk to the drunks around here. They know me. They love me, and I love them, and I've been a friend of drunks uh, for all my life. And when I, before I get done, I'll tell you, two men I knew well lived in this community. Both of them were drunks, and, and I'll tell you the rest of that story. But as Harry Ironside said, you don't laugh at a drunk, you cry, because that's somebody's boy. That's somebody's daddy or mama. So uh, last few times I went by the ABC store, it was two young women coming out of the ABC stores, not just men. It's probably almost as many women as it is men. So uh, I'll just be blunt with you today. I believe that uh, every place that sells alcohol is a hellhole. That means a hole to hell, a way to hell, especially where you go in and sit down and drink and get drunk. So that's just, uh, I believe it's a way to hell. And I read to you, didn't I, out of the Bible, where the Bible says in Isaiah 5 that hell has to get bigger because of alcohol. 
It's what it says right there in the Bible. Every time I hear of a, a volcano and all that magma spewing out, I think, well, there's uh, all these millions of drunks went to hell. There's, the earth is making more room uh, for those who die and go to hell. I don't want anybody to go to hell. You know, it'd be very easy, you know, to stand up here and say, do whatever you want to do, you know, take your little drink anytime you want to, you know, but that's the way to hell. That, that's, that's not loving people. That's hating people. That's hating people because the Bible says that it's the road to hell in Isaiah chapter number five. I hope you've never been around a drunk. You know, they're not all the same. Some of them, some of them drink and get nicer. Most of them drink and get meaner. Some of them drink and are out of their minds. And I've been around them all my life. I visited the jail many years and knocked on doors, and I've been around plenty of drunks. Met them, preached their funerals, visited them in the hospital. So I've been around thousands of drunks in my lifetime. I remember one in particular, when he would get drunk, uh, he would call me and, and he would say he was Jesus. Yeah, he would say, come to my house now. And uh, it made him think he was Jesus. You see, uh, alcohol is a drug. And it slows down your body systems. It is a depressant. And your body hates it. Your body's trying to get rid of it. That's why you, a drunkard's nose is red because his arteries are clogged up. That's why he's wearing a big coat. He's cold. His body uh, systems are slowing down. Uh, and his liver is desperately trying to get rid of this poison that you have uh, put into your body. It will make you a maniac. You drink enough alcohol. You don't have to drink too much till your tongue is so numb you can't taste what you're drinking anymore. That's why the bartender gives you water and charges you for vodka and laughs at what a fool you are after a certain point. You don't know where you are. Your reaction time is slowed down. You kill somebody in a car that didn't even remember that you were driving or shoot somebody. So it's a drug. It's dangerous. It's the devil's tool to destroy your body and your soul. Drunkards go to hell. Okay, I didn't write the Bible. 1 Corinthians 6 says the drunkard goes to hell. Galatians 5 says drunkenness leads to hell. Now you don't go to hell because you're drinking. You're drinking because you're going to hell. It's a symptom. Because if a Christian drinks, God will chastise you or kill you. Yes. Well, say amen. I'm still preaching the Bible. You may never hear it again, but you're hearing it today. I'm preaching the Bible. Yeah. And every, you say, but everybody drinks. All the Catholics drink and all the Protestants. That don't make it right. It's our standard, the Bible or what? The Bible. So I love you enough to tell you the truth. How many accidents? How many, how many ships have gone down like the steamship home, a, a drunken captain? 
I hope you've never been in a beer joint. If you go in a beer joint, there's a lot of terrible things going on. Gambling, for one thing. Vile stories. The music's terrible. People are cussing. They're drinking. Breaking marriage vows. Disease. Death. It's a hellhole. It's a bar. A bar to heaven and a gate to hell. And whoever named it, named it well. It's a bar. And when you drink, then uh, your mind slows down. Your, your face looks terrible. You look like a doomed, bloated, ulcerous, wheezing wretch. You can't walk straight. There's nothing more anti-Christian than alcohol. Amen. I hate it. Nothing more anti-family, more anti-health, more anti-American. Pity the poor child that lives in a home where there's alcohol. What a shame. What, what a hell on earth. You say, but these beer joints, they've got pretty ones, you know. They're elegant. They've got vintage wines. They've got famous paintings. they still got slop in the cup, though. Mm-hmm. Every drink of alcohol attacks your heart, your brain, your liver, and your nerves. It's, it's trying to kill you. It's going for the juggler. And most of us ain't got enough brain to uh, spare much anyway. That's right. It'll kill you. It's poison. Did you know doctors called alcohol poison? for thousands of years. Read old journals. They just called it poison. The Bible calls it poison. It's a curse. God said my curse is on the man that makes alcohol and the man that sells it. That's Habakkuk chapter 2. The pronouncement of divine wrath upon those who make and sell. You want God's curse on you? Make alcohol. Sell alcohol. I didn't write the Bible, but I'm sure enough going to preach it. Amen. Amen. I'm going to preach it for somebody's good here today. They say, Brother Allen, aren't you glad we got more alcohol than we've ever had? More outlets? We don't, have, we don't even have to drive across the county line anymore. We've got alcohol everywhere. Isn't that wonderful? No, it ain't. Every dollar, come on, use your brain. Every dollar spent on alcohol is a dollar that could have been spent for food. It could have bought your girl a little a pair of shoes. Could have bought your wife a coat. But no, you wasted it on alcohol because you are a coward and that is your escape. Ain't we getting blamed? Ain't we having a time today? That's the truth. Instead of spending that money on alcohol, save it, and in 30 years' time, you can buy you two brand-new red Camaros. The Bible says that alcohol will make you poor. You go by the ABC store, and you pray for those people, and you love those people, and you go by and you notice how many of their cars don't have no hubcaps because when you spend money on alcohol, that's money that sh could have been spent somewhere else. 
More alcohol sales means more crime. That's the police. More disease, more accidents, more death. What about the drunk that had an accident and killed all four of his children? Ask him what he thinks about it now. It kills 70,000 people a week. Alcohol kills 70,000 people per week. You say, but what about all that tax money we get off of it? What are you talking about? The government admits for every dollar of taxes that they receive, it costs them $16 to mop up the damage. Get one, pay out 16. How long would your business last if you operated like that? Sounds like a mighty big loss to me. Clinton County, New York, a man sold a bottle of liquor. He made $2 off of it. The government made $1 off of it. The man uh, got drunk, went home, killed a family member, was confined for years, cost the taxpayers $100,000. Wow, we made a lot. We got $1 and we spent out $100,000. Even if we did make money off of it, how much, how much would it be worth the tears of a little child? What's that worth? A broken home, a broken heart, an early grave. So it's a total loss. It's a total loss. Just do the math. It's a total loss. Cambridge, Massachusetts, outside of Boston, they outlawed the sale of alcohol. It saved that town $5 million the first year. $5 million. Saved them $5 million. So don't tell me we're, we're going to make money off of selling alcohol. That's, that's a lie. That's a lie. I was at the alcohol meetings. I remember the one big lobbyist came in promoting it. And I was sitting there by myself. He said, and he didn't know me. He said, is this where the Baptists sit? I said, yes, sir, it is. And there's nobody stands against it but the Baptists, and even half of them don't, but nobody else does. You say, well, we'll just tax it. You think to try to control an evil by taxing it is mental absurdity. It really is. I'm trying to hurry. Trying to hurry. So warn your kids about alcohol. And say to them, see that howling drunk there? Pray for him. He was once a decent man. Now he's a blasphemer. See his dilapidated house? It was alcohol. You see that beer joint there? That's where men are slain and women and children are made paupers. And if you don't warn them one day, they'll curse you. They'll grow up to break your heart and curse your gray hairs that you didn't love them enough to warn them of this terrible monster. I think of an imbecile father let his children drink the last drink in the wine glass. Three of them died as drunks and the fourth one died in an insane asylum. There are no success stories from alcohol zero 
zero. You remember the Super Bowl a few years ago? After it was all over, they interviewed the quarterback. What did he say to all these millions of young people? He said, and I wa- all I watch is the last two minutes of it. That's all I can take. That's, that's me, okay? Can I have my opinion? That's all I can take. The, la- the quarterback said, he said, I'm going home, drink me some beer. Wow, ain't you a hero? If you'd been drinking beer, you couldn't have thrown that. You'd have thrown the ball to the wrong guy. You wouldn't have known which way to run. You see, the devil wants to send you to hell, sir. And if he can get you drunk, then it's all the easier. The Bible says wine makes you forget God. That's the Bible. It changes you. It hardens you. The Bible's plain, okay? Be sober, free from intoxicants, Nepho. Seventy times the Bible warns against alcohol. That's why any Sunday school teacher that teaches the Bible sooner or later will come across this subject. Any preacher who preaches the Bible will sooner or later come across the subject because it's throughout the Bible at least 70 times. And after you've had one drink, you're no longer free. You're no longer, uh, they can measure how much you've had to drink. So the Bible says, be sober. The Bible does not allow for any drinking at all under any circumstances whatsoever. Zero, teetotaler, sober. Amen. You say, I'm just going to be a social drinker. Well, 10 to 20% of them become drunks, okay? You're playing with fire. You're asking for trouble. I guarantee you, you go to to every drunk you know tomorrow and ask him this question. Do you want your kids to drink? There's not one drunk that wants his kids to drink. Not a one. They said to Thomas Edison, why don't you drink? He said, I'm trying to use my brain, not destroy it. You know what the old preachers used to do? You know what used to happen in this county and every other county in America? Uh, At least once a year, they'd have a big campaign and everybody would get together against alcohol. And you know who would speak? A lawyer and a preacher. That was called temperance societies. And they had them right here in this county. I've read of their meeting. Everybody used to be against alcohol because it killed their mamas and their daddies. And they knew. And you know, if you'll be honest, you know. We all know. And the old preachers would get liquor stills and bring them to church and preach against alcohol and say, here, here you go. Come on up here and let's smash this thing to smithereens. And Ralph Sexton, Mays Jackson would uh, have big tent campaigns and put up a noose and hang Mr. Alcohol. Mm -hmm. Went to school with a boy. Oh, it was harmless, you know. Guys getting out Friday night, speeding down the road, drinking a little Budweiser. Fun, wonderful, no harm. Except they had a wreck that night and he's been burning in hell the last 40 years. If he is standing right here, he'd say, I wish I'd never drunk alcohol.
So don't drink the first drink because that first drink is like a key that opens the door to everything. Nothing is safe after that. Your brain's not safe. Your heart, your purity, your tongue, your character, your property, nothing is saved after the first drink. How can you praise a drinker? How can you respect somebody when their watch is in the pawn shop and their wife's scarf and their son's flute and their daughter's birthday shoes because he pawned it all to have a little more money to buy him another drink? He doesn't care if he's breaking people's heart. He does all he wants is another drink, whatever it costs. Folks, how can that be right? Please tell me. How can that be right? The church has no greater enemy. The, the state has no greater enemy than alcohol. Ask, look at the generals. Every one of them says alcohol killed more than the war itself. So alcohol has no respect for God or you or the Bible or anybody. And blasts and curses everything it touches. And the old preachers called it the worst abomination on the earth. So it'll destroy you. I'm, I'm almost done. It'll destroy you. You can't handle it. It's a legalized killer. It's a drug. So watch out for all the hell holes. There's more than one. Religion will also send you to hell. You'll have a false hope, think you're all right, and end up in hell. If you don't get saved, God forbid, but if you don't get saved, you're going to hell. So avoid the three taverns. Despise the temptation. Reject the cup. Home's not even safe when people are drinking. Nothing sadder than a drunkard's grave. I guarantee you, every man in this building would have to honestly say, the devil has tried to get me to drink. I don't even have to ask you. Because I know. That's the devil. That's the devil. Lynn Herman used to stand up and testify. And say, I want to thank God that I've never had a drop of liquor on my, on my tongue. Never smoked or drunk alcohol. And he'd raise his hand, thank God. If you, most people can't say that. I thank God for salvation. For mercy, forgiveness. We all need it. But we ought to warn our children. And we ought to set a good example. You don't play with sin, whatever you want to put in that blank space. You don't play with it. You can't tell your children not to do it if you're doing it. And we ought to vote against it. Amen. Amen. We ought to vote against it. And I could tell you 10,000 stories, but I won't. Used to work with a fella, he's a millionaire. His grandpa owned the business. 
he talked to me about things I, I couldn't imagine. Just only super rich people would know and possess and do. Hope he's still alive. He had, he had he drunk so much alcohol. By the time he was 20 years old, the doctor said, young man, you have the liver of a 70-year-old man. That's what alcohol did for him. And you go home and you just Google it or whatever you want to do. Ask your doctor. You start drinking when you're young and the statistic is it will cut off 27 years off your life. Is that what you want? I'm telling you it's a killer. I'm trying to warn you of something that's dangerous. And you don't need it. You don't need it. It tastes bad and it gives you a hangover and robs you money. There's nothing good about it. I've never had a hangover and I don't want one. Hallelujah. You don't need it. If you got Jesus, you don't need it. You don't need it. You drank him from a different fountain, praise God. You don't need it. There were two nice men lived in this community. Tina, would you come? I'm going way back over 40 years ago now. Both of them were drunks. And I don't use the word drunk disrespectfully. I'll use the Bible word drunkard. And the one... He died young, drunk himself to death. If you looked at him, you'd say, he's yellow. See, that's what alcohol does to you. Turns you yellow. It ain't pretty. It ain't nice. He lived out here. They, you know, some of you remember the house, they said it was haunted. It wasn't haunted. It's just full of drunks and dope addicts. He died young. All he ever did his whole entire life was be a drunkard. That's it. Not far from where he lived, another drunkard. But he said to me one day, Brother Allen, I want you to come to my house. He said, I'm tired of this way I'm living. And I need to get saved. Amen. I don't know if I could still take you to his house or not, but his mama was there and he got down on his knees that day and that old drunkard got saved. Amen. Yeah. And he said to me, he said, Brother Al, he said, my refrigerator is full of alcohol. Will you help me pour it down the sink? I said, I ain't never touched an alcohol bottle before. I believe the Lord will forgive me. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Yeah. I ain't picking on you. I love you. I'm just trying to warn some young person, you don't need alcohol. It don't make you a winner. It makes you a loser. It don't make you play sports better. 
It disqualifies you. Mm -hmm. Amen. What you really need is Jesus. That's what you really need. That's what you really need. Some of y'all come to this altar and say, Lord, I want to thank you for saving me from a drunkard's grave. Some of you need to come and pray for somebody that's right in the grip of this terrible evil. I went to school with a little boy. His daddy was a drunk, a drunkard. They went out, got out one day. The weather was bad, ice on the road. Daddy had a wreck and the little boy was killed. He was 10 years old. 10 years old. That's why I hate alcohol. Because it kills children. And it blasphemes God. And you'll get rid, like any sin, you'll get rid of it or it'll get rid of you. It really will.